Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Speaking of somebody else that has a lot of gas. <laughs> this comes from Pop Tarts and McDonald's. <laughs> Let's go to the live wire with JD. What am I supposed to say? I mean, you have a lot of things going on right now. You're in a tussle on the text line with Jonathan. You had a soundbite go on during the Vashti Heard interview. I just called you gassy. I get it. You got a lot of things going on. So you also have another segment to get ready for. I'm giving you some grace here, man. You got a lot going on. Uh, yeah, just too gassy. Last week you called me dumb. This week you called me gassy. We'll see what next week's uh, insult Walker has in store for me. Uh, okay. So we let off the show on Monday. We didn't lead off the show, but this was a topic on Monday about Cam Newton getting into a little bit of a tussle at his seven all and seven. Well, Cam has a platform. He has a podcast. You knew it was going to come up. And today... He took the time to issue an apology. I would expect so. I mean, God. I think Cliff's a heck of a coach. I, I really do. Oh, I mean, um, wow. I, I, think this is, I think he's, this is Chuck Knobloch right here. <laughs> my, my guy has the yips behind the microphone. It's a tough one. <laughs> he just needs to make it to the way. I just want you to know during this time, we love you. And we are not at all going to be thinking how we want to make the Shroppy appearance on Tuesday permanent. Yeah, come on, Fiddy. We all, all right. have our days. We all have our simple. This is the first time that's happened with Fiddy where he's played yep. the wrong soundbite, if I'm not mistaken. Come let's, on, baby. Let's reset it, Fiddy. Let's reset let's it. it. Go ahead. Time now for the live wire with Josh Fiddy Marlowe. What you got, Fiddy? And we're going to start with Cam Newton. <laughs> not Bobby Marks apologizing for Cam Newton, but Cam nope. Newton apologizing for himself after what happened at a 7 on uh, seven on 7 camp last week. I think about the kids who look up to me and also <laughs> whether they verbalize their appreciation or just stare in amazement. I feel like I let them down mm. because I can't sit up there and say, hey, bro, you got to be bigger than that. And then all of a sudden I do that. And that just goes to show you, you got to always stay in control of your emotions. And that's where the humanistic side came in there. There's no excuse. It's, it's really not. It could have been a melee. More violence could have stemmed from that. Yeah, anything. And it, it, it's just not called for. And on top of that, it's echoing something that's been permeating for years. Black people. Mm-hmm. Why I got to be at a black event? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I could easily say, damn, like, I can play the victim. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hold myself to that same standard, bro. Wes, you uh, you almost went to the foul line on Monday. You when when, when talking about this event, what did you think of uh, Cam Newton's apology? Well, I did go to the foul line. Did we go to foul line? Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. God, but no, nah, it's all good, man. But no, uh, Cam was 100 percent right. I gotta respect uh, as we have what's the coach uh, Steve Spurrier back there behind the producer board. It's all good, Fitty. Come on, baby, get it together. All right, we good. But uh, he just slapped his headphones. Yeah, Cam Newton. You can't take it, man. Yeah, Cam Newton. Uh, 
I, I respect everything he had to say right there because he did not try to play the victim there. He took accountability for his actions, and he did show that, hey, you can't, uh, you know, let the words of guys get to you to the point where you act like that in public because especially for guys polarizing as Cam Newton, uh, that's going to stick with you. And we've heard back and forth. Uh, we've heard the guys from the other camps saying that Cam provoked a lot of this with the trash talk and things of that nature. And, yeah, so Cam's probably going to have to tone down his behavior uh, at some of these seven-on-seven camps. But he took responsibility. He said, hey, I'm not going to be the victim here, which may, you know, let you know that maybe he feels a little bit like I might have had a little bit to do in stirring this thing up. But also he talked about what could have come of that because anything could have happened. It could have gotten way worse than what it did. So, thankfully, it only went to the extent that it did. And it was broken up, and then everybody else could go on with the rest of their day. But, Cam, uh, I thought there was some accountability there by him. We've heard that a couple of times now on his podcast, where even the jumping on the fumble thing, when he addressed that, it was the – I don't know if it was the first time that we have heard him address it, but certainly with it's this – first time of, I could remember. Well, first And first time with this platform, at least, because I'm with yeah. you. I didn't hear anything beforehand. But he said, look, I could try to tell you what was going on in my brain at that time, but people would use it as an excuse. And they might even be right. So I'm just going to tell you I should have jumped on it, and I didn't. And that was what I should have done, taking accountability for it. So it feels like Cam has done that. He's got that down. That's, and that's a that's a big skill. That's a big thing for people. They want you to own your mistake if you make one. We've seen that a lot with the head coaches here in Carolina not being held accountable, and fans hate it. Cam Newton doing that a couple times. And I don't even know if he should be, to be honest with you. I just don't know enough about the situation. But he's doing it anyway. And kudos to Cam Newton. What else you got, Fitty? All right, now we're going to get to that Bobby Marks sound, the ESPN front office insider. He joined us yesterday to talk about a multitude of topics, including if he expects Steve Clifford to be back with the Hornets for next season. I would expect so. I mean, I think Cliff's a heck of a coach. I, I really do. I mean, um, I, I think certainly what we've seen a little bit before the deadline, I mean, before the All-Star break and, and the games since, um, I know there's been some lopsided games um, in, in the last in the last couple of games here, but I'd love to see what Cliff can do with, with NBA talent. I mean, that, that's what, uh, you know, and I think he can do a lot of good things here. And I think it's just a matter of kind of what the vision of how long this is going to take. Um, is it going to be two years or three years? Um, maybe you get lucky in the lottery and maybe, you know, you're, you're where Oklahoma City was a, a couple of years ago and you're not that far away here. So, you know, because there is a relationship there, I think um, I would I would say that, there, there, you know, I don't want to talk for Jeff, but I would think there, was, there is a good chance that, you know, at least for the next year, you kind of, you know, you, you have that working relationship and you can see Cliff with, um, you know, with a little bit of a different lineup. So we've seen Cliff with NBA talent. He's a average maybe slightly above average head coach. Oh, wow. That's the nice thing you ever said about him. Walker, <laughs> as someone that covers this team day in, day out, w- would you be worried about retaining Steve, Steve Clifford standing in the way of a full organizational reset, which feels needed with new ownership and a new president of basketball operations? I'd be okay with it. I think I would Is he ra- good enough, though, for you to not make the move and make wholesale changes across the board? Because I think that answer is no. He's never won a playoff series. To be, to, be fair, that, to be fair, there's nothing in his resume holding you back from firing him. To be fair, I don't think he is the best, and therefore, oh, man, we can't get rid of this guy. Plenty of reasons, if you wanted to, that you could point to to move on from. I think his relationship with the players matters. I think the fact that he has the right types of philosophies at the forefront matters, where even last night... 
he was talking about setting a winning culture is really important that we can't just play whoever instead of Brandon Miller just so he can avoid the rookie wall because those players didn't earn that kind of time. And if we're this old school, if we have this old school type of mentality, earn your minutes, grind, play defense, play physically. Steve Clifford wants that those very same things. And defensively, here they are again playing better. I know in the first half it was rough, but 111 to Milwaukee, who has been very good offensively this year, and there's just nothing you can do against Giannis. I, I, what are you going to do? They were getting the most efficient shots in basketball, corner threes, Giannis at the rim. They don't have anything thing to compete with that. LaMelo's not playing. Like I, It's going to be tough to win these types of games against that competition, and I expect them to get beat by Philly tonight. But when you play teams that are play-in or worse – Charlotte has taken advantage of those squads, and I don't think that's a small thing. You say we've seen Clifford with NBA talent before. The best team we've seen him roster-wise with, he got to a seven-game series. And you're right, bar's low. I'm not going to deny that. But they took Dwayne Wade toe-to-toe. Seven-game series against them, having a 3-2 lead, big deal. In the last couple of years, it's gone horribly wrong. Injury luck has been terrible for this team. Just, that's a fact. That can't be disputable. It's a fact that their injury luck has been terrible. That's what Bobby Marks is talking about. He would like to see Steve Clifford get to the other side of this. Hopefully injury luck is okay. Just normal. Just normal injury luck. And then you can see where Brandon Miller, a healthy LaMelo Ball, healthy Mark Williams. Where can those guys take you? at the leadership of Steve Clifford. Yeah, and I know I've said on this show all the time, and I still stick by it, that I want to see Coach Clifford and see what he can do with a healthy roster at full strength. Uh, The only way I I could justify it really is if you do want to be on the usher in a new era type of time. If you're like, hey, you know, we're going to clean this thing out. We got a new GM. We're we're trying to do renovations. We got new guys on the roster, yada, yada, yada. If you want to bring in a new guy for the sake of cleaning house, you better get it right. But I could understand that one. But I still would like to see what coach could do uh, with this team because I think he, just for some reason, I think he's the right coach for this kind of city. Like I said, a market where we're not going to be able to get the marquee coaches or the marquee players or things of that nature. A guy that can really coach the hell out of guys and give them a good roster and see what he can do with it. And I think that he can make uh, a decent amount of success out of a competent, talented group of guys and I think that you know after a little bit more offseason tweaking with what we saw at the trade deadline get LaMelo back get him healthy Brandon Miller coming back another year seasoned Miles Bridges and the crew I think he can do something I, I know this sounds simple I I view him almost in the mold of a Frank Vogel type of coach because that guy is more defensive minded as well with how he built those Indiana teams. The Lakers won a championship built off of defense. That's how they won that thing. And Steve Clifford is certainly a defensive minded coach, but I think he could do really well with stars. Like if he's, he's a coach to me that is more of a player coach where we can go back to that player's poll and players said they love playing for him. Now, some said they didn't like playing for him, but I think that's probably an accountability factor, right? He's going to be hard on some of those younger players to try to get the best out of them, but the stars love him too. Kevin Durant loves himself some Steve Clifford, where Jeff Peterson also recruited KD and spent some time with Steve. I think he's one of those guys that if he got a lot of talent, then he could do better than your average coach because of some of the pillars that he's about to steal a phrase from James Borrego. I would love to see. I just want to see it. I would love to see that experiment and see what he could do. What else you got, Fiddy? All right. So yesterday we played some audio of Mad Dog Russo ripping into David Tepper after after he raised prices on Panther fans. There's also some audio from the Mad Dog we have to play during his visit with First Take. 
He was listing the five toughest sports to play, and this one's going to surprise you. Number Give four. it to me. What? Thank you. This is an impossible sport to play because it's a. it requires finesse and ability to skate and all those things. Don't laugh. Curling. I don't even know what that is. Mad Dog, I don't even know what that is. Oh, my God. That's when you play. Oh what God. even is that? It's no. like it's, it's shuffleboard no. on ice. No. It's shuffleboard on ice. Oh this my sport goodness. is it's an Olympic sport, which is something. Here it is. Oh. That's curling. Like what? That, oh the balance really? that it takes, and the fact you gotta you gotta keep the size. Look at the big crowd. That is oh a, it's a disc. That Lord. is a hard sport. Oh that is number four. Curling? You've never curled. How do yes, you know I it's have. hard? I told you, I did all these sports. You curled? Oh yes, I have. Where did you curl? Tell me right now. I'll call your wife. I'll FaceTime her on national TV. And, and I'm going to have to tell me when what. I curl. Give me your phone. You know I got a number. In Vancouver. You know I got a number. FaceTime her right now. You know FaceTime. Keep going. FaceTime her, Steven. Um, Mall Mall, big curling fan. During the Winter Olympics, that's the one sport that she watches. Also, why does Stephen A. have Mad Dog's wife's number in his phone? What did you make of curling, Walker, being the fourth toughest sport to play? I believe that Mad Dog has curled before because even we've talked about this, I think, a long time, like in the early days of the official Weston Walker, maybe mm -hmm. even so much to where... I talked about how they have the curling yeah. um, place right. I of Statesville. I, I believe that he's curled before because there's enough of those venues out there to where you can find something in the city, no doubt. So even if he were to, even if they were to FaceTime Mad Dog's wife, I think she would probably confirm that. It feels like it wouldn't be harder than some of these other sports but it feels like i'm disrespecting curling by saying that look man it's amazing the pinpoint precision in which they yeah, it looks very skillful slide those rocks all the way to the target point I, I guess it would be hard to land it on the target which is the point of the sport i just i can tell you i it feels like it would be harder to gain a yard or gain three yards as a ball carrier in the NFL or even score a bucket than it would be to potentially one time, like knock a couple of rocks loose or put it on the target. But I don't know. This is very ignorant Walker speaking about curling. Yeah, I mean, in picking a toughest sport, it was extremely difficult. I happened to be at the barbershop at the time while we were talking about it and it broke into <laughs> a discussion while we were trying to figure out what we thought was the toughest sport. And, um, but curling, it does look like it involves a high amount of skill. Obviously, it's lacking the physicality of other sports, but there are some sports that need a high amount of skill level. But I don't know. Maybe we need to go out there to the curling center. That's uh, what I, we off need. Off of Statesville and try it out for ourselves. I'd love to do that, and I may work on trying to set that That'd up. That'd be great. So his top five list includes football five, curling four, okay. tennis, golf, and baseball. Okay. Are you offended, Walker, that basketball isn't on the list? No. Because Stephen A. always says he thinks basketball is the hardest. It, it, or He says that they're the most gifted athletes that he watches play sports, which I, especially today's NBA player, I, I disagree with. Whoa. Um, you think you think athletes have gotten worse over time in the NBA? No, I, I just, I, I don't think that I'm as impressed Mainly because they sit out every other night. You think okay, Bob? but that's that's completely different than athletic prowess. But, I mean, athletic prowess should mean you're durable enough to play 82 nights, play back-to-backs when you're not you know, flying on private chartered planes and 
having world class trainers and medicine staff at your at your disposal. Yeah. I agree with you on that, but as far as caliber athlete, I mean the, the NBA athlete is as good as it's ever been now. Fiddy is and saying, from a skill level standpoint. Fiddy is saying the caliber of athlete is not the same as when Lenny Rosenbluth was playing exactly. basketball. Well, well, it it goes back to that eight old conversation. Like if if, if the players are better than ever, why is the product worse? No, because for one, the rules have affected a lot of what can be done offensively so the offense is at an all-time high but when you talk to skill level these players finish stop it Luka Doncic, KD, you put them back in the 90s with them players, man, stop it. We're not even going to do this today with them, with those <laughs> well, players well, that might have two guys on the court at a time that could shoot the basketball. Remember, you didn't live through the 90s basketball. I did. You might have two guys on the court who can shoot a three. Now there's five. Come on, man. Get out of here. I mean, yeah, you put KD in the 90s. Do you know what he's doing? Losing Averaging 45. Losing in the second round to MJ. Trying to have who, who, who's the guy? Losing John, in the second John, round to Charles. John Conkak trying to guard KD. Man, get I, out I love, of here. I love that this week John Conkak has been referenced twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah, kind of week on, it's been man. for Wes and Walker. Uh, golf is the, I mean, baseball, yeah. If you're successful 30% of the time, you're a Hall of Famer. That's one argument for baseball. Totally get it. Golf is, I mean. It depends on your definition. That's why it's so hard. You don't so think golf hard. is hard? Oh, no, I do. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. That's I why it's, it's so hard. hard. Yeah, you talk about, whether you want to talk about skills where you, sports where you need to be extremely skilled or extremely precise and things of that nature or physicality. So it just depends on what your definition of that is. 